out there, Foxes fans, and welcome back for another season of the U.S. Foxes podcast, coming to you live, as always, from various time zones around the United States of America. I, as always, am your host, finally, Matt Folks, uh, joined by my two amazing co-hosts, first in San Diego, just up the road here, Mr. Chris Warner. Chris, here we are, man. Finally, it's a bit delayed, but man, it's good to see you tonight. We're back, Matt. So good to see you, boys. We survived the San Diego heat wave. We're back with football. Oh, yeah. We've had a, it's been an eventful summer, and I can't wait to talk Leicester with you, boys. It's been too long. So, uh, yeah, stoked to be here. It absolutely has been too long. We are also joined tonight by our other co host on the East Coast, Mr. Jason Becker of the New York Foxes. Jason, how are you, my man? I'm doing great, man. It's so good to see your face unscathed after all these trials and tribulations lately, getting through all surviving all these natural disasters to make it here to a new season on the pod with us, man. So just so, so happy. Hey, uh, I'm I'm being resilient. Uh, for those of you that don't know what Jason is speaking of, um, you, literally a day before we were going to record our season preview pod, the roof collapsed um, in my spare bedroom slash podcast studio slash my wife's work office slash where I had guests staying just literally nights before uh, the entire roof collapsed and uh, ceiling collapse i should say at 1 30 in the morning we thought we had a robber going on um and so yeah my my home is apartment is now a construction site um the entire that half of the place because then they found moisture damage in other parts and so now it's all sealed off and wonderful and we're moving to a hotel uh tomorrow so yeah it's it's been quite the uh adventure so yeah my podcasting equipment was closed up in that room and we had to venture in there to get it today and so yeah guys uh listeners that are our longtime listeners thank you guys so much for your patience we love you so much and all you guys that have reached out and said holy shit dude like uh, i appreciate it so much uh we're taking it with a grain of salt and uh yeah we're just gonna get through it and uh hopefully get some money taken off the rent and hang out in a hotel for a little bit uh well, Matt, yeah, you were thank you guys with, matt you were saying before the podcast i suppose the only silver lining is you're closer to the pub on saturday for the game 100 percent i cut <laughs> 10 minutes off the commute to uh the bluefoot <laughs> on saturday where the uh san diego foxes will be hanging out we didn't get to uh hang out for the first match of the season because it was a 4 a.m uh but man guys what we're not going to get uh, ahead of ourselves because we have so much to catch up on uh, without having our season preview pod. Um, but yeah, we, we've got a lot to talk about. And holy crap, I uh, I don't even know where to begin, guys. Um, it's been a crazy summer. Uh, we're going to forget things. First off, I just want to say that we're going to miss some shit. And you're going to be like, why don't you talk about X, Y, Z? And you're just going to have to bear with us because we're trying to jam a bunch of stuff in. And as you can see... We also don't have the fourth member of our brain trust this evening, Mr. Jim Harris down in Houston. He is on vacation with his beautiful bride in Mexico. And uh, yeah, love you, Jimmy. Enjoy your vacation. But we can't wait for your insights when he gets back. So we're going to do our best to hold down the ship tonight, guys, and cover every aspect we can. So Jim must, have, Jim must have booked his vacation around the same time that our club booked a tour of Southeast Asia. Just not... <laughs> Not accepting the reality of relegation and when this season was going to start. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, 
that was a fun trip uh that was basically just like a big tourist or i'm sorry a big pr uh ended up being just a great pr thing for the club i guess trying to build that footprint in asia but if you uh, woke up like i did to watch the tottenham match at 2 a.m uh you didn't get to watch that it was rained out um what else went on there did, are we missing anything besides the insane um i guess we got, got to play a, a, a makeup friendly against port fc i'm not sure where where port fc is i'm sure there are plenty of ports out there in that part of the world and then uh, you know we played a good you know, 20 30 minutes against liverpool before you know the rest you know it's not worth talking about but yeah 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 i was nervous about um how, how the guys would come back but it, the boys look like they're back in good shape so you know well done Mareska and whoever else was uh getting the hill runs in there during uh during that trip for sure did either of you two get to see those uh the new mascots that apparently are only going to be in asia uh they had a name too and i didn't get to see those the name of what it was but someone told me i just can't remember but uh, i totally missed that man yeah they were um a boy and a girl wearing right but they're anime characters essentially um but lesser are, are we sure they're not um vicky the vixen and cousin dennis no, the Thailand like version. No, they were not. Uh, because there is a different, there is Asian Filbert. If you guys have seen, there is a different Filbert that appears in Asia, slightly darker fur. I think it might be because he has a different diet over there. Um, but you know, then there these other two characters appeared, and they were anime characters that were essentially Lester fans. So that was pretty cool to see, but it did make me kind of uh I think we missed a very cool opportunity to have anime Filbert. Uh, instead of the chocolate filbert that is currently over there. Boys, I've missed you. This podcast could have gone <laughs> in a million and one different ways, and we start with anime filbert and his friends in Thailand. Okay, yes, it's good point. Moving on, moving on, guys. Um, let's start at the beginning with uh, our new manager. I think that's a good spot to start, Jason. Um, Enzo Maresca, the Italian supermodel, comes over from uh, Pep's coaching tree i mean what are we going to call it at this point chicken coop i mean the dude is just splurting out eggs and they're taking over managerial positions and uh we've got apparently from from early signs jason we've got another uh italian uh star on our hands he thus far has done nothing but impressed what are your thoughts early on our new manager yeah, so um, I don't know if anyone can tell that's supposed to be an Italian flag behind me, but as far as bald Italian men go, or want to be Italian men, or Italian, or any, any kind of Italian, Stanley Tucci's got nothing on this guy, Enzo Maresca, oh, yeah. I gotta tell you. But, um, you know, he seems to get it. There are a lot of unknowns about him. I, I don't think many of us knew what he was going to do, but we kind of knew that he would come out of that pet mold and want to dominate the ball and, and, and play a, a similar style. And he certainly talks a, a lot about Pep. He's got a lot of Pep's mannerisms, has the same haircut, has the same facial hair. So there's a, there are a lot of similarities there and certainly a lot of respect. But I think um, for me, very early on, um, I've been very encouraged by kind of, um, by, by some of the things that, that Varesk has said and by, by how he acts. He seems to get it. He seems to understand that everyone at the club needs to be on the same page. Chris went on an incredible rant last season about just the complete disconnect at all levels from the club. And right from the beginning, Maresca was talking about the academy 
and how important it is for the academy to have a path to the first team. And he's still, um, even after today's uh, league cut match, was talking about that. We need to have an identity at the club, and he seems to be um, someone who uh, has made that a priority, has made that a priority to, to, to develop a Leicester City uh, identity, which which I'm, I'm totally on board with. Uh, and the guy also, you know, shows passion on the sideline. He's got emotions. He's invested into the game. I, I think he knows that um, fans like to see that. We want to have a connection with the manager. We haven't really kind of felt that, that, that kind of passion there. Um, you know, it's kind of reminds me of Ranieri or, or, or some, some, sometimes Pearson or sometimes O'Neill. They all kind of brought that to the sidelines and, you know, managers like Claude Puel, Brendan Rogers, you know, there was something that's kind of lacking there. And um, so I can already see that the whole attitude has changed and the players seem to really be on board with uh, what he's trying to implement early on. It's exciting, right? Like he immediately just the players gravitated towards him. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, one thing that's kind of missing in football these days is just the unknown. And like the world is changing too, man. Like I, I said this the other day to someone like, when was the last time you got lost? Yeah. Right? Like when you were driving or you were like walking somewhere and you didn't have like Google Maps. I just, on I just bought a new car about like, 10 minutes ago. How nice was it to be like lost or like lose <laughs> track of time and then like show up and like realize like, and, and Maresca is an unknown, you know, and, and for a lot of us, this division, um, for a lot of fans, this division's a bit of an unknown right now because we don't know how it's going to shake out. We've been out of the division for a long time. And then we didn't know a lot about how Maresco was going to set up our tide. So we're kind of set up his side. So we're kind of all learning this for the first time together. We're getting to see new things. We're getting to see new ideas. Um, we're getting to kind of react to things for the first time right now, which I think is, you know, it's a lot of fun. It kind of brings back that joy of football and being able to kind of react to things uh, again. Yeah. The, the, Italian accent after the you know at the post game interviews, man, have I missed that? Like that's oh. just a that just makes me like it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect, Chris. Your thoughts uh, on our new boss, man, and and yeah. uh, what we've um, seen thus far. So we, I think, as Leicester fans, we realized after last season we needed a dramatic change, and I think the first three weeks after the end of the season you were looking at the list of names and it was just the same merry-go-round of people. And to be honest, I didn't think the club would go in this direction. I thought it was going to be Scott Parker and maybe their first choice was Scott Parker. And there was just, there was rumors about potentially issues regarding kind of maybe approaches and vision and things like that. But personally, I love it. I really did. Th I, I was calling out for this. This requires us to do something different. And we've gone, ironically, we've screened at Rudkin all last season to think about going outside the box thinking. And it took us to get relegated to do that. Um, for, for, I, I think the one thing I like about him so far is his honesty. And I think he comes across as a genuinely really sound lad. Like you listen to all of the people that, are spe that speak to him and his knowledge of the game is just comes through leaps and bounds. And I think as Jason pointed out, like the players seem to be super receptive to this. And I think that's a huge thing this season because 
like like you said, like this is a new league for a lot of our fan base. And I'll tell you one thing about this league as someone that's that's seen them. I it's a long, long season. You look, you're six more games. You start earlier in every, in the cup, like we did today. Like it just drags this does, and you're gonna need somebody that can instill a, a mentality in down at Seagrave that is not only conducive to success, but is conducive to the longevity of the season. I think Moresca's the guy to do that. So, yeah, I'm super excited by it. I think we'll go on to talk about tactics and kind of how he's changed stuff. But, I mean, if I was giving him a grade first six weeks, I'd say A-. minus. I mean, he's done everything that I wanted and a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, you're, the trust is... The player-manager trust is something that I think this locker room has just been devoid of for a very long time. And and that bond that you're speaking of is so important in a league like this. It's an absolute grindhouse. I mean, we remember, you know, Nigel, he'd have taken a bullet for every, any single one of the players in that 2012 season when we just ran, you know, Muckhouse, 2012-2013, when we ran through the season. Um, I think... Sorry, 2013, 20, 20, 20, 14. 13, 14. Yes, thank you. I mean, the prior season, 13, we, we, we were pretty good that season, too. We made, we made it to the playoffs. Oh, God, let's not talk about yeah, it. But we don't need to. Um, yeah, they, uh, but this, this, this bond, uh, because if, if it, that it's got to be there, because, yeah, to your point, Chris, this season is just going to be a grindhouse. And when we look at the, what, Brendan had it was the exact opposite with the locker room um you look at players like Soyanchu, perfect example of a guy that now is starting for Atletico Madrid and uh because of his relationship with Brendan couldn't make it work here so I think um we saw today uh we'll, I don't want to jump ahead to, to what happened today against Burton but we saw you know Jakob uh Stolarkic Stolarkic Stolarchik, uh get his, you know, first start. So that's a direct path. And when we see these young guys see that and say, hey, if I, you know, put in the work and I pay attention and I'm ready to go. I mean, we saw seven fucking changes today, guys. Like there are going you're going to get an opportunity if you're putting in the work here. And I think he's broadcasting that to everyone right away in the locker room. Like you put in the work. I'm not going to have favorites like the previous boss here. And I think that's only going to breed, you know, uh, a cohesive locker room, Jason. Yeah, and so before the season even started, he did a, an interesting interview with his buddy Guillaume Baleg, I think is how you'd say it. Uh, and, and one thing I think st uh, stood out to me uh, in that interview, and uh, he talked a bit about Johan Cruyff. He talked about being challenged and being around people who challenge him, how important that is for him. And to be that kind of a person, you have to be secure enough in yourself to you know, know when other people have input that's um, that might be better than, than than what you're bringing to the table. And you need to rely on some folks who are strong characters and not feel threatened by them. And you need to bring in those types of characters into the dressing room. And we've been missing those types of characters now for a while. Albright talked a little bit about that today. We can get into that later, but um, it, it's refreshing to see this kind of approach and the types of characters that were brought right into the club from the from the get go. And he comes from, you know, uh, 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 he didn't have the best of spells in his first coaching job in Italy, which I think, you know, bodes well for us. You know, he 
honestly, like I'm sure as a, as anything in life, you make mistakes you first go around at something and you remember things and hey, I'm going to do this differently. I'm going to do this differently. I'm going to speak differently this way. So I think we're also going to be, you know, beneficiaries of, of that. Yeah. And so for, for folks who may not be as familiar with his background, he has got a really interesting career. Uh, he left, what was he? I think he was at the Milan youth set up and then left to go play professional football at West Brom, which is not the typical path for a um, for an Italian player. He also spent a lot of time in Spain. His wife is from Spain, so he has a lot of connections to Spain and, and Spanish culture as well. Um, so he you know, has a lot of experience working with youth setups and building up academies, which I think is really good for us. Um, will also help us attract those younger loan players that we'll need for this year. As Chris said, he'll be able to kind of create a lesser, help us create a lesser city identity and show the young players a path to the first team. He did go over to Parma um, to manage before he went back over to, to Man City to to be Pep's, um, to work on a Pep. And um, a lot of folks who've paid attention to that Parma team um, think he got shafted there and that he was really starting to turn things around and that the, the, the board were just not patient enough with him and that things were, were turning around and Parma were not, were not in good shape and they wound up getting relegated, I think, anyway. So um, I, I think one thing that Maresca may have learned from that is how you communicate to the fan base, how you go about your approach to the media. Um, and he's been very clear with the fans, you know, to be patient. It's going to take time. We're, we're only a month into it right now. But as long as he, you know, he's going to continue to look for, for progress uh, week by week, game by game, practice session by practice session. And, to, you know, to, to give it time and, and, and trust in the process. Well, I mean, to be fair, he did have, I mean, was Buffon there then? So you, when you've got a, like a 67-year-old goalkeeper, like, you know, it's going to make things challenging. Uh, Chris, anything else you want to add to what you've, uh, what we've touched on thus far about the new guy? So I, I think one of the only thing I would say about him, which there's an obvious philosophy that we can touch on later. And one of the only things I'm slightly worried about is at some point, will he have the, as Jason points it, like, will he have the the thinking to go outside of what he mm. believes is football in order to go win away at Stoke on a Tuesday night in a slugfest in the rain? Or does he need to play the football that we're currently playing all season long to win games? Like that's to me going to be the interesting thing is like at some point in the season, we're going to get tested and we're going to, and it's going to be whether or not he takes those philosophies that he's learned under Pep and he's developed as a player and as a coach and applies them in the championship. So it's going to be exciting. I think the other thing is Jason pointed out really well as well. I think his, his experience across a lot of different European countries is going to be um, interactions with players from all different nationalities. I think he's going to be huge for us as well. Like he understands how to communicate, as Jason pointed out, to, to the youth, to experienced people, to people that have won World Cups, to top 10 players in the world. I mean, that is going to be kind of just vital for us. And if there ever is a chance in the drain, in the changing room where someone may chirp up, then he has the track record of, hey, I was with Haaland last year. I was with 
the, the quadruple winning, sorry, the triple winning Man City team that could arguably be considered the best Premier League side of all time. Like I was a part of that. So I think that is a, that's a super positive as well. And led their U20, don't forget, he led their U23 yeah, exactly, team yeah. to, to the damn yeah. <laughs> Premier League t- titles. So uh, all signs pointing uh, upward right now, guys. So very, very excited about the new manager. Uh, not the only new addition uh, to the team now. New signings left and right, guys. If you're paying attention, it was a crazy summer. Uh, Harry Winks from Tottenham. Connor Cody comes over from Wolves. Uh, we bring in a new goalkeeper, Mads Hermanson from Bronby, which, I mean, obviously not Connor because he's dealing with injuries, but thus far we are doing really well. Uh, Mavaditi comes in, who this guy is going to, he could be one of our wild cards of the year. I'm very excited on him. Uh, Callum Doyle, uh, we get him on a loan from Man City, who is very, very familiar with Enzo and just was extra salt to rub into the wound of the Cub scum on Saturday. Uh, and then we've got another one that was just announced today by Fabrizio, uh, this Casare kid from Italy, um, who is won the Golden Boot at the U20 World Cup for Italy, guys. So things are looking really good. Uh, Jason, to you, your first, your thoughts on all these signings. I mean, we, it's literally the exact opposite of last summer for this team of ours. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I don't know that we're done yet because a lot of changes still need to happen, um, in the squad, but so far I can't argue against any of the signings so far. Um, Connor Cody might be a bit limited of a player these days and he might, really only be able to play in a, in, a, in a back three. But he's the kind of character and the kind of leader, I think, that you want around. And he's not afraid of a situation. He's been through the relegation fights. He's also been capped for England, right? He's been, you know, uh, all over the world w- w- with England in big tournaments. So there you go. You've got Harry Winks, who, again, um, by all accounts, is just like a great guy to have around. Um he his career kind of stalled. He had injuries that he dealt with, but he showed that like he also wasn't afraid to kind of step outside the box and go see what he could do at, at Sampdoria at, at Syria. And uh, I think that's something that Maresca I think will really appreciate and, and respect. Uh, and then you know Mavididi or, or Mavididi, he uh, you know he's an English guy. I don't, I don't think a lot of people forget that he's from Dorothy. Right. And, um, you know, I think he's got something to prove. I think he wants to show that he can play back in his home country at the, at the, at the highest stage. Um, uh, Doyle, uh, uh, another highly rated player. I think he'll only get better as the, as the year goes on. Um, so, uh, and, and, Casade is, um, you know, can add goals from, from the midfield and, and still has a lot of upside there. I think he'll have a lot to learn. I don't know if he's going to slot right into the team, but these, these, this is the, you know, these are the kind of players that you want to see joining your club um, at, at this point, at this juncture, right? You want guys that are, um, that have a high ceiling that, that will have something to prove, and then you want that stability and that leadership to kind of, and, and those characters and personalities that are going to get you through the 46 games that aren't going to keep you from getting down too low. 
you nailed it. You nailed it, mate. They are the sort. They are one hundred percent the players that we need because, to your point, they have each of them have something to prove. Just like us, like we're we're better than this league. We need to prove that this year. These guys know they're better than the championship. They need to prove it. And it's to your point, it's a great alignment of club thinking with individual thinking. And I think that's that's huge for us this year. The Winks signing is probably the one I'm most excited about. I think this kid, yeah, it's to Jason's point, like he's had a rough time of it through injuries and then obviously being at Spurs where you can spend a gazillion and get a player in every every summer. Um, he went to Sampdoria, he tested the waters, he's come back and he's looked really good. I think he's the sort of player that is building for us. And the best thing about this as well is you can see these players, we're building for the future as well as built as in the present. Like you can imagine a Winks and maybe a Madavidi taking it to that next level, being part of not only a championship squad, a potential Premier League squad as well. So I think the decisions that we've made as a club from a transfer standpoint, have been strong and solid. And yeah, I expect us to be doing more business. I think we'll be busy between now and the end of the end end of the window in terms of both in and out. Yeah, I definitely see um, another attacking, uh, especially an attacking wide player in our in our near future. It's just it's it feels it's nice, dude. It feels like the old days almost, like when we used to actually make some fucking signings. Like last year was such a weird ass shit show and then panic buying like we were so ahead of the ball this year guys and it's just so nice and it feels like the old days like it, it really does what? when we had some recruiting going on and, i mean and- i'll give kudos to the club as well on this one like if you were to say what position did you not think that we necessarily needed to do too much in like goalkeeper would saw iverson last season at the end of it and you thought based on his performances in the premier league that he'd be a solid choice at, champ- at the championship level. He did well at Preston, but the club Enzo's come in and said, no, I need this particular type of goalkeeper, someone that can play a sweeper, someone who's comfortable on the ball. I don't have that at the moment. And the club's been like, all right, then let's go spend 5 million getting that keeper for you. So I have to give the club credit there as well, that they've kind of, they're backing him in the decisions that he's after in terms of sort of, sort of those sorts of players. Yeah, and also um, he's shown that he's not going to let a player's kind of past dictate how they should be playing uh, this season. He's got Ricardo in a very interesting role where he kind of goes back and forth between that fullback position and and a holding midfielder, um, which I you know I love seeing Ricardo you know on the ball as, as much as possible. So um, hopefully that yeah. keeps this season fresh for him as well and hey he's even trying out indeedy like the like a yaya torre kind of role playing in the best position and look it hasn't been going that smooth but he scored a beauty of a goal today in the cup so yeah i uh the i i think he enzo must have watched that uh the the run ricky had against tottenham because that's the role that he's a hundred percent in now and that that famous goal that ricky had against them it's it's ideal for what the position he's in now and yeah with Ndidi man I don't know we'll see I had a whole I had a whole thing lined up and then today's performance just kind of shoved the sock in my mouth so uh granted it's against much lower competition with the Brewers but uh at the same time it was good to see number 25 who you know for so long guys he we were so freaking excited about that man and and it's just been kind of last year and 
all of that, it's been a bummer to kind of, you know, people slagging on him because he hasn't been up to the level that we expected. So to see his confidence again and, and to see that goal today was really good, um, you know, to, to, to see that thing hit the post and dig in. That was awesome. So he kind of threw off what I was going to say about him. So I'm, I'm excited to see what Wilf can do um, going forward. Um, let's talk then about some uh, outgoings that took off. We won't t spend too much time on these players, but there were so damn many guys would be remiss if we didn't. Uh, obviously, if you've been living under a rock, you do not know that we sold James Madison or Harvey Barnes uh, or Yuri or Kags, Dana Marty, AOC Perez, Johnny Evans uh, was signed to Manchester City for like six games to play in America. Uh, Annapolis Mendy, Ryan Bertrand, Tete. Um, Basically, we cleaned the fucking house, guys. And uh, yeah, some of them, one of them, especially maybe three of them. I'm, I'm four of them. I'm sad to see go. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what Harvey can do. Not sad about matters. We can get into that if you guys want to, but I'm perfectly fine with that going away. Never bought one of his kits one time. Yeah. Bye, matters. Good luck. Harvey Barnes, like I said, uh, George Hurt. Yeah, I'll just say a couple of words about Harvey Barnes. I'm so yeah, excited for him. Me too, I, man. I, I can't wait to see what he does. Champions League, like lad, I think he's gonna I think he's gonna tear it up this year. I really do. He's he's looked he's looked great in preseason for Newcastle. So excited for the lad. It's a bummer that we had he wish we could have kept him out of everywhere. He was the one that I was like, if we're down for one season, could the club <laughs> have made it done enough? Yeah. But not understanding he had to go, but yeah. Good luck to the lad. I'm super excited for him. And on the flip side, I mean, Yuri Thielmans, what a story that is. You go from a lad, and and maybe this is the power of agent talk and modern-day journalism, that you're going from a guy that was routed to be the next Arsenal great or whatever, and he ends up at Villa. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm... I'll just quickly say what, what I think about the Yuri situation is if you look at his agent's roster of, of players and clients, Yuri Tillman's is by far the biggest name on there. He's got a bunch of no names. I think this guy was completely out of his depth, making up BS left and right, telling Fabrizio all sorts of nonsense and pretending like or trying to act like there was some deal from, from the club, clubs like Real Madrid and Arsenal and trying to manufacture that interest when I just don't think it was there in the first place. But I do think it's a shame that player, a player like Yuri and, and, and Soyuncu were allowed to just go on, on freeze, right? We gave up a lot of money, uh, especially in a season where we're going to lose a lot of money. So that's disappointing. And, and hopefully we never let that happen again. Although I guess, you know, this year is a little bit of a different situation where, you know, like for a player like Ianacho, if you can keep him keep him there for one more season and then you have to lose him on a free, at least maybe, you know, his goals get you promoted and you're still getting something, right? Um, for for him, even if he does leave on a free. But um I'm just looking up and down that list of, of names and I see a lot of talent, right? A lot of skill has has walked out of the door but not the type of kind of character that we need right now. Right. We right. need people, guys that are up for, for a fight. We need guys that are willing to accept reality and accept where they are. And a lot of those guys, Yuri, 
Madison, I, I mean, I don't know, maybe Barnes, certainly Johnny Evans. Um, again, Marty, I think to, to some extent, perhaps I always say, just like we're not willing to acknowledge that we were in a real relegation fight. I think the whole world could see that after the first seven games of last year. Evans as a captain was pretty much non-existent. He was completely baffled at the end of the year when he was asked about what happened. And we need guys that are willing to, to, to stand up and, and, and face the music. We need guys like Iannaccio who was willing to do that when a lot of those other guys weren't. We need guys like um, Ricardo and Justin who, who want have something to prove and, and, and want to make things right instead of you know, going on Twitter and, and yelling at journalists for writing fair articles. And um, it kind of reminds me, Matt, kind of what you were saying before of some of the older days of the, that Pearson Walsh kind of shaky era when um, the players' attributes and their, 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 their um, playing profiles mattered, but so did their personalities and their character profiles. That was a really big part of what we uh, focused on when we did turn things around and rebuild the club uh, during Pearson's second stint, which ultimately led to us getting promoted, which ultimately led to us winning the damn Premier League. Right. Yep. Building that cohesiveness. And and Chris, to your point, like, I uh, <laughs> I hope Harvey is, like, an incredible player on just a shit team because I <laughs> fucking hate them. Uh, so I hope for, I hope he's just scoring incredible goals. Like he's scoring two a game, but they're getting beat six to two every match. So, so that's you're, 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 you're having his Harvey Barnes golden boot and Newcastle to finish 15. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> or 19th. That would be 19th, even better. Sorry. Um, yeah. And looking up and down the rest of the list, like there's obviously lots of memories there with Dan and Marty. Hell, I even have, you know, when I think AOC Perez, I'll always think of the nine nil. Uh, Mendy, some good times. Bertrand can fuck off. Tete can fuck off. Uh, I do think it's hilarious. We, you know, George Hurst, we, we perfectly set up for a revenge match against us where he'll probably have a hat trick because that's just what we do. Yeah, he scored um, at the weekend, didn't he? The winner. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, guys, I don't know. That's that's pretty much where I sit on this uh, outgoings, you know. And I'm I'm the same with Yuri and that shit show over in Villa. But who would have been able to guess that Ryan Bertrand would be without a club? I, I mean, I'm shocked. I'm surprised he is not signed. Well, up I, I don't think anyone's watched Bertrand's skills tape on YouTube. That's why so we. <laughs> that is why. So. Um, the other, obviously, guys, we're not talking about the most important outgoing, in my opinion. Uh, we completely left him off the list. And that's John Ledwidge. Uh, after almost a decade with Leicester City, our, heads grounds, our head groundsman, who for quite a while, the, when you said Leicester City, everybody thought about, oh, you guys are with the awesome pitch. Yeah, that's, that's that guy. Uh, moves on to Manchester City. So I don't know if that was part of the uh, Enzo signing. Like we we worked that out with the Callum Doyle deal, maybe that Ledwidge was taken off. But uh, salute to a man that uh, literally set the standard for what a pitch should look like in the Premier League. Uh, so so much so that they had to make a rule banning his how good he was because we were making all the other uh, big six clubs look like shit. So shout out to John Ledwidge. Good luck, man. Uh, 
and yeah, yeah. Any any words, guys, on the pitch and uh, the legacy that that man's left with a hell of a grounds crew because those boys do a hell of a job. Yeah, I think um, you know he. Of course, every he's known for those designs, but um, the King Power pitch has always been top notch. Um, the training facilities have always been top notch, and then he um, uh, uh, helped us establish a um, a sports turf academy academy. Um, which I think will be be really big and, and kind of set the standard for the game, you know, across the world. And um, just one of those things outside of football, I think this is good for, for our club to be involved in. Um, I think one, one thing about, about John is um, for, for a head groundskeeper is incredibly accessible to, to fans, you know, someone that, that I've had the pleasure of interacting with several times over the years that, you know, my brother has spent time on the pitch with him and, and his dog and just a, a really genuine and, and, and nice guy and, and someone who is um, just great to have uh, around the club. But I, I, I'm, I know that he left that, that team in, in, in good hands. And so we've got some other, t- some other top-notch professionals uh, ready to uh, do it. And then if anyone watched um, this League Cup game against Burton, it was almost like uh, Burton Albion uh, were, purchased John on Wish right. and just had like a, you know, they spent a little too much time on the design and not enough time laying down the sod <laughs> properly because players were <laughs> slipping all over the pitch. Today. And of course, you know, I guess another outgoing would be uh, would be Brendan, but I think we spent a whole lot of last year talking about him. So Yeah. Yeah, good on that. But yeah, shout out to the grounds crew boys. I know we've got uh, three or four of them that listen to the pod religiously. And uh, so, yeah, shout out, boys. We know you're going to kill it and keep doing your thing. And uh, please, uh, when we're over there. Boys and girls uh, on on that that team. Yeah, definitely. Boys and girls on that team. Um, If you could let us know when we're over there later this year on the golf course, that would be extra cool. Uh, (laughs) Thanks and love you. Um, Okay, guys. Let's get into it because we're already 37 minutes in, and I think that that covers the preseason about as good as we can. Let's talk about a match Sunday. We'll start with Sunday's match. Uh, first of all, the fact that we got Cove first, that's just right off the bat M69 Derby. Everything is on the line as far as your season getting off to a good start against a rival that hasn't beat us at home in 30 years everything the the weight on enzo's shoulders heading into this match must have been fucking crazy and i know it was for me as a fan just thinking about it knowing about the history knowing about where we how important it is to get off to a good start and chris yeah pre pre pre-game what were you thinking dude because it was uh Quite the build-up for your oh, first mate, match it, as a manager. Hey, it was a crazy night, wasn't it? I don't know about you, but I got up early to watch the U.S. women's team. Yes. So we were, at, we were up at 2 a.m. watching that, and then it rolls. Obviously, that goes to penalties, and you just kept looking at the clock going, all right, we're getting closer to four. I flick two it over. Two TVs here. I did yeah. two TVs. Dude, spot on. Flick over. First thing is I was like, the commentary not having a wake it. I mean, you're talking a color clash beyond belief. <laughs> yeah. Like blue and light blue? I mean, just nuts to start off with, but yeah, Matt. I mean, it, it snuck up. I think we would, we would. It, but at the moment that we kicked off, I, I was just in love with Maresca Ball. That first fifteen minutes, we moved it so quickly. We were, we passed it 
we were everyone off the ball. Everyone wanted the ball. It was just a completely first 15 minutes. I was just, there were, yeah, there was probably not much on terms of shots on target or deliverables, but good Lord, we look good. And I was like, if this is how we're going to look for the entire season, then I'm in on Maresca ball already. And um, yeah, it, the crowd, were, I think one of the, the big, the crowd were, the KP was pretty, was good. Like I enjoyed, I think we had a fair few down there, which is always a good thing. I mean, time will tell whether we keep that, 30 odd thousand. I mean, sometimes in a championship, you'll often see it maybe drop a little bit in terms of fan base. But yeah, really enjoyed that first 15. Um, they all look good. The lineup itself was, I mean, don't think any of us picked the 11 that he got, was he picked. No, no I mean, way. there were, there were based on, based on preseason, I was pretty confident that he'd start Vestergaard, which in itself was something that not a lot with the Cody injury. It was pretty obvious that he was the, in Maresca's eyes, the best on the ball option that we have. I mean, I think ultimately Maresca plays you if he thinks you're good on the football and you can play a good pass. I don't think his first line of I'm going to pick this lad is because he's tall or because he's plays center off. It's what can you do with the football at your feet? Because we are going to have the football for 80% of the game. And so that's going to be his, that was his choice. So not surprised Vestergaard, but then players like McAteer, especially with someone that we'd not necessarily see a lot of in preseason, all of a sudden he comes in. Um, the Ricardo experiment we'd seen a little bit of, but yeah, it was, it was just a, it was a riveting first 15 minutes. I put it that way. Yeah. KP shout out union FS for a beautiful uh, pregame display. Uh, and yeah, shout out to KP for showing up. It was loud. It was um, impressive. And when you have an M69 dart, shout out to whoever made the Cubs gum banner that they hung on the over the bridge on the M69 to like, you know, really bring things back into the fold again. Uh, that this is a rivalry once again. Um, yeah, I w- I was very excited, and I I think that if we can keep that atmosphere all year, and yeah, Chris, you're exactly right, but. If, 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 if we can keep the inspiration in the fans, I think it's going to be the hardest place to play in uh, all the Prem, Jason. Or Prem, fuck, championship, fuck. <laughs> going to do that a few times. Well, I just realized I have an, I have one of the old mugs out here oh, that shit. I need to set that up today. I'm going to have to change that one up, get a nice EFL uh, yes. coffee mug there. But, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm with you guys on it. I, I, I was nervous going to that because, again, I guess there's so many unknowns here. And then he took a big risk with that starting 11, giving, you know, Mavadidi a, a, a start, giving McAteer a, a start there. I mean, that showed, you know, that showed a lot of faith in guys, uh, showed a lot of faith in a player that um, may have had only two training sessions with us and didn't get to play a friendly. And, and you know, he featured as much as he did. He was, at, he was very important to how we were going to play the game. Um, and so I was nervous, you know, Coventry, they've got Gustavo Tamer. They've got a couple of decent, decent players. Um, they probably got a little worse from, from last year, but this is a side that made the playoff final. One of the best teams in the league. Yeah. And so I was looking at them at plus 500, you know, five to to one odds here and thinking, Ooh, um, that, that seems a bit overpriced. And um, 
I was nervous about how we we're going to do what the fitness levels are going to be like, what the cohesion was going to look like, and then what, you know, a brand new left winger was going to look like um, out there. And, um, and then, the, you know, the first few minutes passed and I saw the way we were playing and just kind of felt like there would be goals for us. And I got on the um, Chris's positivity train and put a live bet on Leicester to win. And then when they had dropped down to almost even money and then also added on plus two and a half goals. So it was, it was a good morning. Did go down to the football factory. They opened bright and early. It, it was originally almost going to have to be a top secret um, endeavor over there, but um, the all three floors were were open for the women's world cup game. So we were able to slot right in. Oh yeah. 7am start. No problem. That's great. Yeah, I I think that first 15 for me, it was, or actually the first half, it was like defense and midfield, we were fucking 10 levels above them. Like, and when, but it literally, when we got to the final third, it was like, we didn't know what to do. That was the most frustrating to me. Like all the way from the back, Mads was playing it out and we were just, every single pass had a purpose everybody had multiple options you can see the system working guys look up they have option a option b all over the field it's beautiful and then we got into the final third and it was just like ah we didn't know what the hell to do um i think that was my big takeaway from the from the first half and then uh yeah come out in these sorry chris if you want no, to say uh, i echo matt i think defensively though we're gonna have to learn as a fan base mm-hmm. that it's gonna be seat of your pants heart in your mouth a lot of individual responsibilities played on is put on each of those one-on-one and you saw that in that first half yeah. as well like we're gonna push men forward and as a result of that you're gonna get a lot of Fouls versus their attack or Vestergaard against somebody. And it's, yeah, you, I, mean, I don't know about you guys, but there were just moments where you were like, okay, oh God, here we go again. And, but I mean, yeah, they, they look good defensively, but it was just, I think it was just different. And we haven't seen that sort of play before. Normally you're used to maybe three or I'm, four around yeah. him. And, but now I'm just not getting, every- I'm not getting hung up on it because I don't see once Cody's healthy, I don't know if we see Vestergaard except, except for, you know, cup matches and shit, Jason. Yeah. You know, I was thinking a bit about it and uh, I'm, I try, I'm trying not to get too caught up on, on some of those negatives, but I think because um, it felt so good, it was such an important win. I think there are right. going to be a lot of games this year where we're not going to have perfect games, but we're just going to have to get the result. This is the opposite approach to, to what Rogers was taking for so long. And, um, you know, as long as, you know, even if we're making mistakes, or as long as we're grinding out the win and showing that, you know, showing our superior quality in a matchup like that, you know, when it matters, then we're going to pick up more points than, than we drop. And, and, and I think we'll look good pretty, you know, towards the end of the season. Um, when when promotion is is shaking out, so um, I wondered how much of that and giving up the break is a was a calculated risk because if you're playing in the in the Premier League, those are you know those those yeah. those breaks are hit, no, hitting the back of your net. But we're not in the we're not playing in the in, in the Premier League. You know, we're playing against Coventry City, who clearly had a lot of issues up front. No, no, I agree. I think I think he's looked at it and he trusts his three at the back to be better than whoever's up top for the opposition. And I well, think- I wonder 
if it's the opposite, if he trusts our front players to be better than the other team's front players, that so when we get the chances, if we have an equal number of chances, we're going to put more away than they are. Well, like we'll score way I, more than you. I love that could be our motto for the season. Aside, well, aside from Hamer, I think they might have done better with the three of us starting for that lot than up front <laughs> than what the fuck they had. Because Jesus Christ, good reminder. But uh, but guys, and you know, you can look at that two ways. You can be like, holy shit, they had so many. They sh- they could have done it. But then you got to remember the league we're in now, guys. And that just is what's going to happen when we're playing because we're not playing Arsenal anymore. We're not playing, you know, fucking Brighton anymore, for God's sakes. Like, these are going to be teams where, yeah, they're going to miss chances like that. And we have to be able to step on their throat, which is uh, one of the very big pluses that I have for, for this game, Chris. Yeah, no, totally agree, mate. Totally agree. Um, I think to echo your guys' points as well, um, I think statistically there's just more goals per game in the championship than there is in the Premier League as well. So yeah. I think you guys are, ba- are bang on with that as well. I was just going <coughs> going looking at the stats. Eh, maybe not, but I think bar Man City, yeah, you're looking at last year's last year's table. Yeah, there's probably more at the top end of this a top end of the league. So I think you guys are right. Probably we're looking on winning games more than one. Um May I just comment, if we go start to the second half, if you boys haven't got anything left to say about the first. I know Enzo's, he's got, he's still got a lot to, we've still got a lot to fix. I think corners, again, the curse of the corner hits us every yeah. single time. I mean, Yeah, but we, dude, Vestergaard lost that guy. Yeah. No, that was not that a Vestergaard. Sorry. Sorry, Matt. I gotta, I, I gotta stop you right there. Indeedy. Indeed, he was turned yeah. around talking okay. to Irvinson when the corner was kicked. It was his man. Okay. He wasn't focused. And listen, Irvinson is is young. It's going to take him some time to con- command the box. But the keeper's got to make sure everyone's focused on on the job. Yeah, you're right. That's fair enough. Uh, so fair I, enough. I, I'm with you. My first instinct was to was to blame him too. Yeah. The more I watched that, good indeed. point. What do you What do you think about? Sorry, I mean. No, I just, know, bro. That's why we do this. Come on. It, no, you're I'm it's fair. I've I am in agreement. Matt, what do you think about Mads and the fact so he, he is over six foot, isn't he? I think he's like six, six one. one. I think six one, like but but I don't know if it's because Vestigard was back there, but the homie looked five ten. Or if the fact that we're still just used to like when I see a Lester keeper, I just see like a shadowy outline of Casper, but the, he just looks um he looks small, but I gotta say, guys, holy shit balls. The motherfucker kept us in that game, Jason. Yeah, man. Well, I think he's got a bit of a baby face too, and yeah. that's not helping. But his reflexes, his shot stopping, man, you know, you're you're a keeper, man. You can talk about that better than better than than me. But I, I was really impressed. But also uh, his distribution was Bro. phenomenal. And wow, when's the last time we saw anything like that? Those five ten yard five slash ten yard passes that he's just like effortlessly lobs to the foot. Like it's it's exciting. The package is there, Chris. I'll, I'll forgive the confusion if um it means you know he's gonna make saves like he did and he's gonna make passes like he did. Yeah. He he wants the ball. I've never seen that really before in a it. goalkeeper. Like he he generally wants the ball. Yeah. And like he he wants to be like he's he's playing the sweeper position like the old school way but 
he gives him he gives options every time. And like your got boys' point, like his distribution was excellent. I thought none of this chipping it into the row three of the East Stand anymore. Like this guy knows what he's doing. He's willing to play a thirty yard ball to fee, and we can build from it. But yeah, and- no, it, it was great. Go yeah, ahead. like and, and, and we'll like go ahead, press, press us. Yeah. We've got a keeper now because we have an extra player back there. We have center backs who are comfortable with the ball, and now we have um, you know Ricardo and, and Winks who aren't going to get phased by by any press, uh, waiting for it in the middle of the pitch. And it's like, all right, go at it. You know, give us numbers. Then we'll have um, you know our, our new exciting left winger one on one, and so you know, go for it. See, press us. See, yeah. Yeah, dude. And one more just thing on on Mads is keeping is such a head game and it would have been and I realized it's not the Prem. He wasn't starting, you know, at home against, like we said earlier, you know, uh, an Everton or something like that. But the boy is is literally his first game like real counting game in England uh, coming over and like stepping in. There would have been so many excuses, a Derby, like so many excuses for him. And the fact that he literally, I mean, I was so impressed with that guy from minute one to minute 99, 99, whatever the fuck it ended up being. We got to touch on that later as well. I think we're in really, really good Danish hands again. And uh, I, even compared to when Everson, you know, made his debut for us, like it just the kid looks the role, and um, yeah. you know the fact we have five keepers sucks, but I think uh, hopefully the rest of them get the hint that we've got, you know, him and Jakob apparently are are going to be the two. So, yeah, you know, I was thinking about what you said there and um, being in, in safe Danish hands. It kind of like. Wouldn't it be a nice tradition for the club to just like have a, a line of a long line of, of <laughs> Danish, top <quality> Danish keepers <laughs> like and that. and like really cool Italian managers? Let's go. Like we're, we're talking about the identity of Leicester City Football Club. Those are two things I'd sign up for. <laughs> I love that. We we opened the Leicester City Goalkeeper Academy in Copenhagen, yep. and then like the Leicester managerial City Academy, Academy in Roma on the Amalfi Coast or somewhat like that. I love that idea. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so, it's perfect. Um, I'll just run this down real quick, guys. For me, there were several insanely important things that I saw out of this match. Um, one, we won a match that we were expected to win. And that is something that last year, uh, whether it was lower league stuff, it, it, it became where you were nervous when we had to play our lower league side because of how nervy and just the shit show that Brendan made things. So the fact that Winning a game that we're expected to win, like it, it felt really good. Um, you th- any you want to touch on that either of you? Yeah, well, not only did we win, win uh, ultimately win a game that we're expected to win. We won a game that we would have dropped points in uh, yep. earlier uh, yep. in prior seasons. Yeah, yeah, that, I, and that, I throw in, I throw in, we won a game because of a manager who saw there was an issue. And was decisive in enough to make a change. Like we were, we were chatting on, on our chat, and we were like, "Indeedy, this isn't Indeedy's game. Like he's struggling out here. We need to make that change." And a couple of minutes later, Indeedy's off, Kalechi's on, or sorry, Dennis Pratt comes on. I think it is. Sorry, he was the, for Dennis Pratt. All of a sudden, we look a lot better. There's a little bit more of a player in a position that's a bit more natural. And like I think that, and then the the Nacho substitution as well. 
Uh, we went we went and won that game through a combination of players, but also tactical decisions. And we did not see that last year. And yeah, I think a, a lot of managers there would have taken a bit of a paint-by-numbers approach, especially with Steffi coming in for his first game on the left wing, may have just had a, a, a minute limit on him. But Cubs subs out Eccles, who kind of you know was doing a really good job on him. Thank God. And we saw a mismatch there and kept kept him out there yeah. to continue playing and just completely grew into the game and took it over there on the left wing. Yeah. And then that opened up all this space in the middle of the park because now they're like, uh, now, now Coventry just ha had to be so aware of him beating his first man. And it's no coincidence that now players like KDH and Pratt came in, you know, and, and they had the freedom now and they had the space to, to, to make plays. And um, yeah, it was just, yeah, it was, the goals were, were, were gorgeous to come back um, with. And, and just the fact that we came back in the first place and, and got a yeah. win. And, and then to do it against Cub, and then to have a, a, a kind of a right as almost feels like a new birth. It like it, it felt pretty damn good on Sunday, I had to say. Like, and yeah, I, you know, yeah. not about just the um, the disappointments of last year and kind of some of the things that are still lingering around the club that that you know none of us are are fans of, and we're still paying the consequences for. But at the end of the day, you know, you're as a as a supporter you show up to kind of get what you can get out of the game and out of the experience and to you know to to back them when when, when it's time to back them and uh it was a lot of fun yeah it, man it's almost like you guys are sitting here looking at my list because you just handled two and three which was i had two a manager not afraid to make changes even though it was a little later than some of us were comfortable with and fair. that's a fair point okay I those changes yeah. made I think at one point during our group chat, someone sent out, what game is he watching? But um, uh, Yeah, that was that was actually me. <laughs> we were, we, we were, we were nervous. It was all of us. Yes, exactly. Uh, the third point I had was resilience when things weren't going our way. We didn't drop our heads. We weren't like, oh, shit, we're losing in the M69 Derby in our first game back in the championship when everybody and their brother has us winning this league. Everything was stacked against us at that point, guys. When they go down to this lower level, side of fucking rival the songs start there poor poor Cal Doyle is just getting all of the stick from those guys uh it could have been you fuck off you twats and we just turned it around and handed it right back to him and then yeah the fourth one I had was a manager showing passion on the sidelines because man was that beautiful to see again a guy that looked Actually, we touched on it earlier, but a guy that looked into the game as much into the game as all of us are, and you know, showing that just that little bit of passion, you know, and not seeing the fucking mini claps. It was just, it was beautiful, Chris. Yeah, pipe. I think pipes did a really good job summing that up after the game on BBC Radio Leicester. He said that it was one of like it was a must-win game for Moresco, and you could see that relief when the second goal went in, and especially at the end as well. I mean, I also kind of liked at the end of the game where 
he did that pep thing where he like runs up to a few players and just starts like talking tactics immediately. Like, <laughs> like it's such a, I don't know what it is about that, but it's like, oh my God, we've got a manager that just breathes football and like just sees the big picture and not the fact we beat the dog. We came from behind to win. So kind of love that. He, like I said, he's doing all the right things for me. He's like, yes. he's ticking every box. I mean, I mean, the other thing as well, go to the goals, as Jason pointed out, beautiful. KDH is first. The way he just ghosts into the area is that late, that Paul Scholes from the 90s kind of vibe where he's just yeah. sneaks in last minute, Pratt with the ball across, great header, keep it another chance. And no, that's, mate. that's what we just, just love it. Yeah. Yeah. A Lester header. So, yeah. And a header too. And it was so key for him because you could see how much confidence he had lost last year. He was set up to fail playing on the right side for so long at the beginning of the season. And he really just did not have any confidence in front of goal. And to just get two huge goals like that right off the bat, it's got to do wonders for him. And he he had a little bit of a rough start, a rough first half as well. But he, you know, um, you can see that the, the identity of the team is changing. And, you know, when things aren't going your way, you don't give up anymore. That's It doesn't seem like Maresca yeah. is um, – going to stand for that attitude or has that attitude himself. And it seems to be feeding into the players. That passion is there. Hopefully it continues. We don't burn out too, too soon. Um, and, you know, in addition to, to Maresca, just like letting loose on the sidelines, I, I still haven't seen any photos or videos. I don't know if there are any, but a lot of people were at the game said um, that, um, Mavadidi went up to one of the ball boys after after one of our goals. He was like so pumped up, and he just like picked the ball boy up in the air, <laughs> and um, apparently just like made 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 the kids day. And he was just beaming and just smiling, and and for the rest of the game. And it just shows that like, all right, we're gonna hopefully we're rebuilding that connection again between yeah. the club, between the fans, between the players and the fans, between the manager and the fans, between the manager and the players. And, um, you know, if we're all on the same side this year, um, it could be a really fun season. Yeah, I, KDH, what do you say, guys? I mean, the kid just... Everything that you would want to see in his... In it, again, in the M69 Derby... He knows what it means. He knows what a loss would have meant. And for him to just grab the game by the balls and say, I'm going to put this on my back, a la what I've grown up watching Vardy do, what I've grown up watching Marez do, these players that he really, like sometimes you just, as a player, you got to take things over. And he did that. And man, it is exciting to see. Like, nah, you guys aren't on our level. We're, we're not supposed to be down here. You guys are. And I'm about to show you that. And he did it. And yeah, to your point, Mavadidi. I mean, go ahead and finish what you want to say about. I got plenty to say about Mavadidi. No, well, I was just gonna say what you were like. How many times last year were we just like begging for for someone on the side to kind of try to take a game over when things weren't going well? Sometimes Madison would just press too much and couldn't quite do it when when things were going against us. Um, Tillman's would just would get gassed out during games. He just didn't have that kind of that fight to go through the ninety minutes. Iannaccio was one probably the 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 one guy that that showed that he could do it, but he never didn't get to play enough. Um, and it's good to see now 
guys like the KDHs who are who who are going to have to be you know he's a younger player but he's been around the club for for a while he needs to be that engine for us and needs to be one of those emotional leaders uh, of the side and right. um was very very happy that that he was the player that that stepped up and did it and you can see what 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 kind of a difference it made to to the result yeah that's a super that's a great point because obviously one of the things that we haven't really got a club captain this year it's kind of we're playing, we it, we're yeah. playing it by committee it seems like he spoke in his press conference he said players like albrighton and vardy and cody those those experienced players but it it does to your point jason set the scene for somebody like kdh to have a hell of a season build on this start to demonstrate that leadership and you can envisage like this guy it's not going to be too long until they're thinking about throwing the armband on him and giving him it for three hopefully a long long time so no yeah i mean yeah and I, I think um uh maybe it's a stroke of genius from Oresco. we'll have to see how it plays out but basically telling all the players you all have an opportunity to take a leadership role you can be you can be a captain here and and also none of you are too good to not wear the band i mean how many times did yuri telemans wear the captain's saw band and we we're like just why does he keep doing this and uh um, madison <laughs> I mean, and and, and Moreska is taking the opposite approach, and I think that's that's really clever. By How him. many and, games did our club captain actually play over the last two seasons as well? Yeah, probably less than what less than ten. So, I think that, that yeah. also probably comes into it as well. That like having somebody as the club captain, there's an expectation in Moreska's eyes that that guy is going to be playing. Like yeah. so, I think yeah. I think and and I think he's be, I think he's sending a signal there as well that some of these older players are not necessarily going to be shoe-ins for the lineup each and every mm -hmm. game. And you saw today, you saw Vardy start on Saturday, Albrighton, for example, start tonight, today. I think that's probably sending the captain Albrighton. Yeah. Captain Albrighton. Which I love, which, you know, that's just shows that Enzo gets it. Like how long have you been at this fucking club? How, how many trophies have you won with this fucking club? Put on this fucking art band. Like, he gets it guys and it's so truly great to see um i did want to touch on the new dd uh mavididi the boy like honestly guys he looks dangerous i think yeah. we've got something special there and i also think there's a redemption arc there like lester redemption try to get back into the premier league and this kid steffi you know look at his look at the history look what he's gone through as a professional and i think the guy once he's going to take this chance to you know, make a name for himself. And I, I'm excited to see it, Jason. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, just as the game went on, he just started to get better and better. And yeah. he showed a, a real directness, but I think he showed also a lot of patience. So there were some times where, you know, the ball came out to him pretty quickly and, you know, he'd have three players around him, but had the patience to kind of turn and, and knew when to to wait for his other teammates to get involved and, and slow yeah. the build up. And he knew when to to be direct. Um, even on the first goal, he did a lot of work on the left side that, you know, before the balls changed fields. And the second goal, I mean, a nutmeg assist. Come on. <laughs> yeah, dude. Silly. 
silly. And I mean, some of us worried about that left wing, like, oh man, we're going to lose Harvey on that left wing. And man, to talk about just putting a bandaid on our open fan wound of worry. Like that was just, and I mean, you already know the guy's confident to come in and take the number 10. I already was like, all right, homie likes it. That was ballsy. That was (laughs) ballsy. He's confident. And if, if he would have come out and just, you know, laid an egg, we all would have been having a lot of questions, but holy shit. And yeah, to your point, Jason, about the celebration with the ball boy shows that he's into it, shows that he's here to, you know, ride the ride. Yeah, I, I will, you know, look, I don't want to um, piss on anyone's, you know, parade here, but, you know, we saw a very dynamic and very passionate debut from, from Tete. So you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to me, Matt, on that question after the Huddersfield game because I'm too already scarred by debuts of our wingers and leading us down these roads of happiness to only be disappointed (laughs) by the end of it. So fair enough. (laughs) I need to see one more game from him. (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, We already touched on. uh, We fall fast and hard for our wingers. We We do. do. Yes, we do. Um, we already talked about Kieran uh, King Dewsbury Hall, as I'm going to call him, uh, just taking it and taking no. care of it. Felt um, pretty damn good to sing that sing that chant to it. You know, I don't know if you, at, at at the factory. I don't know if you saw him retweet today the video of the fans singing it at the end of the game. That was pretty cool. That I was, miss that with, oh, with nice the heart that. with the. Um, What's the emoji where you're sentimental, like with the watery eyes? That's what Aww. he did. So, what a legend. Um, do you guys want to talk a little bit about Watt Foss? Uh, I have prime David Luiz to sideshow Bob in a blink. I thought he did all right first game. That's, my, that's my notes. Yeah, I don't think he was the issue um, on the goal or on the breaks because I think um, – Moresca is expecting him to to get up the pitch when he when he has to with the ball. I don't. I didn't really feel like he was out of position. I thought he covered a lot of ground. I actually thought he was all right. If you, if you look at his tape from last season, one of the things that we kind of enjoyed about him was his ability to bring the ball forward and play with the ball at his feet. So it's obvious he's part of Moresca. He's he's probably the, him and Doyle are number one and two on that team sheet in the, at the back at this moment in time, purely because they can play with the football at the feet. I mean. Do I see? I would. I'm interested once Justin gets his legs back, whether or not yeah, he fits into this somehow. I think we've seen him play, yeah, central a little bit more central in a three previously. Like he could come in there personally. That would be. I think that's a great move. I, I think James Justin is one of those players that we need to find a way to get on the pitch. And mm. um, uh, yeah, that that maybe Matt, you're right. Maybe Faust is kind of going to be a victim to. Just that's the one that that's the one player that I see screaming at him. And, you know, listen, I've never won. Like, just if you have to watch the goal we gave up, like nobody gets more pissed off or cares more than him. That's never been the guy's got passion. And he cares about defense. But I'm really wondering in this system how long when you have a player that can get forward as easily as Justin. I mean, guys, remember some of the goals that James scored for us. I It's tough because of his injury history. I get it. But the home he can score and the home he can defend. So it'll be really interesting to see how Enzo makes this work. And listen, I, I don't know. I'm going to re I'm going to resist the urge to call us man city light, 
all season long because, but you cannot help but look at the comparisons between the depth of their bench in the Premier League and the depth of our bench now in the championship because we are that level above um, a lot of our competition. And it's going to be, I think, a lot of, you know, switching and swapping of, of this season and guys that can buy into the system and, and how effortlessly we can make those swaps is going to be a big you know, definer of the season, Jason, for me. Yeah, I would say that, you know, with the number of games that we have, like, don't worry, you're going to get to see everyone play. Like, whoever's still right. on, the, on, on the side, there will be opportunities. Right. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it's, 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 it's going to be, it's going to be crazy. And I think, I think we're in good shape. Uh, the only last thing I have for that game, guys, is the death of the goal song, which I think we all need to celebrate. Uh, apparently it did make its end at the end of, or it's um, appearance the at the end of the game. But the KP, just natural KP sound just sounded incredible well, without Warner Brothers theme park music <laughs> or whatever the fuck our goal music was like. Well, how did it, how did it feel celebrating a goal knowing that it wasn't going to get turned back either? Yeah. I mean, that was, that was, that was like pretty epic as well. It was no more like, oh crap, who was offside? Like which yeah. best of favorites? managed to stumble their arm out somewhere right. like that was refreshing i mean especially after watching the u.s women and yeah the whole experience uh, the not having to wait around and 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 just being able to let loose when the ball hits the back of the net and then just not hearing the gold music and getting to kind of you know uh uh hear a natural atmosphere and and not just some canned song which Bob. we which we play because you know of that uh, away game at Porto, and we, like got our asses kicked. So yeah, well, you know, it's a it's a song we were kind of using to kind of take the piss out of ourselves, and then that, <laughs> that becomes our. And it just like there were so many times last year too when things weren't going well, where it just like like come on, is this the time? Oh, the Everton game at the like, end of the year. Sorry, the West Ham game. The same we, game. We, like, we, we need Everton to score, and we we score. We're gonna get relegated really playing music. old music, like getting <laughs> getting way. like smacked around the the, and then yeah, okay, let's put some, put some gold music on here. It just like like stop. If you're not gonna play fire, don't fucking play anything. <laughs> and that's just the end of it. That's just the end of it. Um, yeah, guys. So today, then let's wrap this up. Uh, Burton, if you watched, um, you got to see. Uh, Enzo said it's never easy. It, definitely one of those games that could have been a trip up, and we but, did it. We came out and we looked professional, Jason. Well, I just quickly just about the gold music. I, I will say that I think the club deserves a little bit of deserves some credit there for I think listening to the fans and knowing that yeah, something had definitely. to change. So, so um, you know, hopefully we'll we'll see many decisions well, like that, they, and we need to keep also, the, the everybody engaged. We need an atmosphere. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, Chris talked about you know attendances do dwindle sometimes in the second division. Although I think we'll I think we'll do pretty well uh, on that front compared to to the rest of the league. But we sucked at home, yeah, like absolutely sucked at home for so long. And when we won our initial descent, when we got promoted, um, when we won the league. And then during those like great Champions League games, I think that that it was a tough place to go play. It was loud. The stadium would shake. People were into the game, and yeah, maybe success kind of 
makes the, the, the fans a little uh, jaded. Um, uh, the fan base is getting older too. So that doesn't help matters too, in terms of um, no pun intended uh, and just in terms of the atmosphere. Um, so we need to make some changes there. We need to make it. Your stadium should be a fortress and no matter what division you are in. And no matter how well or poorly things are going, you need to do whatever you can to kind of encourage that atmosphere. So yeah. whoever did ultimately sign off on, on penning the gold music, um, hopefully it's not just a one-week thing. And, um, you know, well done. I think I think little things like that will, will make a difference. Yeah, Matt, we're going to have to ask Ollie to review the IPA on sale at the KP this right, year. New well. IPA on tap. They're, actually, they're actually doing local beer as well. So... Ollie, if you're listening, you're gonna have to send us a video. Oh, uh, he yeah. will. Let's go. Let's go. That's amazing. Um, yeah, guys, I, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time for us to get used to this identity of being the big dog in the league. Uh, but man, to to these first two matches, to 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 take that pressure and, like I said, to go down there, the writing was on the wall. Literally, when we go down one nothing to Coventry, their fans, the singing, they were so loud until they were so quiet. Like it was absolutely yeah, that, yeah, that one stretch, right? But otherwise, I right, yeah. that's what I mean. So it would have been so easy. And last year, dude, I could just see like we lose that game with that our manager. But I'm very excited. And yes, I know it's two games in, guys. Suck it. I'm getting excited uh, because I I'm just seeing. You know, the writing on the wall, and I, I, I'm excited. Awesome. I won't blame anyone who wants to get a little, you know, carried away. It, look, it feels it's good all, to feel good. All aboard the And we haven't had, gotten Let's the go. chance to, to do that in a while. It feels good to feel good. It feels yeah, good to feel good about your – to be positive about your football club. And it's so, awesome. Yeah. One one thing I'll just say about today, which I thought was super interesting, and it'll be yes. – I think moving on to Saturday will be very interesting as well. Like – you look at the stats from that game, we had like 80% possession and yeah. we killed the home crowd. Like it was silent there. Like it was yeah. really, really at times disconcerting how kind of a stadium of that many people could be so quiet. Yeah. I just wonder whether that is something that's going to play to our advantage throughout the season by having so much possession of the football, whether or not we're going to be able to kill crowds by this. And I think this could be something that, is is going to be a great tool for us as you guys have said like every game is going to be the fa cup final for these teams against leicester city and if we can find ways to neutralize that um i think that's going to be a great benefit but um i i, I love the ball yeah. Off being, yeah i i love it you're 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 dead on i think our our the greatest challenge for us this year is going to be how hard and how long we can step on the neck of our opponent because it'll be super easy sometimes, I'm afraid, that we can get bored. And I feel like I've even seen it a little bit today with Burton. Like, I, I just feel like we're the, the greatest challenge is going to be ourselves this year and really standing on the throat of the opponent and taking it and, and really applying our level to them, Jason. Yeah, well, look, I think it's going to take time uh, still. Um, Marissa has only been around, what, you know, with the, with the side for, for a month. Um so I know the pep way is to go score the first goal, score the second and third right away. Um, but we're going to have to learn how to be patient again. Um, you know, where 
we're not Man City. Uh, at the end of the day, we are a side that did get relegated, even though skill-wise and personnel-wise, we probably have an edge over most sides in the league. We're still not Man City, right? And so we have to know that, like, it's not always going to be easy, even when we are the better side. And for me, the key of this year is in this division, it's very difficult to play like gorgeous free flowing football. Like the games get rough, you know, you, you get chopped down, you don't get the calls as, as much in this league. It's, it's physical. The games come at you hard and fast. There are so many to be played. It's whether or not, we can still get the results when you know we're not at our best or when it's going to be you know a a, a tricky game yeah and um i think guys this weekend is going to be a perfect example huddersfield who we haven't played in a very long time uh we've got a opportunity to remind them of uh, what we did to them last time. They they uh, did not finish well last year in the championship, barely held on. They almost were relegated from the championship. So definitely a different team than the last time we played. I think the last time we played was 2019 or 2020, um, somewhere right in there. But um, Chris looks like he has this fax. Yeah, it was in the Premier League, wasn't it? We played him in the Premier yeah. League when they got promoted, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, so. Look, no deal, Neil. Um Neil Warnock is going to make it tough, man. He's going to be an absolute bastard. And he's going to yeah. make his side play like a bunch of bastards. And they're probably going to chop down players like Winks, like Ricardo, when they get the ball. And they're going to try to make the pitch hell for, for us. And, you know, it's going to be a good test. Whereas, yeah, if you look at the names on the team sheet, you would expect this Leicester side to, to win the game. But... Yeah, I mean, they're they're going to be nasty. They're going to play a nasty game against us. God, we're going to say that a lot this year. We're going to say that a lot this year. Uh, Christopher, I think we can start to wrap things up. Final words for the guys heading into Huddersfield uh, this weekend and just this new team that we have. So the game's on ESPN Plus for everyone listening. The final week of our kind of three weeks on ESPN plus maybe next week we can touch about the options available to fans in the U S to watch us, but watch, catch the game. Huddersfield, Matt, amazing place. I'll give you a gym's not here. So this will be my my, introduction to Huddersfield geography halfway between Leeds and Manchester. One of the only places in the UK where there's a pub inside the railway station. So if, you, if you're careful, you need to change. You can get off one train, run into the pub, get a pint, neck a pint, and then get back in your other train in about 10 minutes. That's it's part awesome. of what's called the Real Ale Trail as well, which is, as a San Diego guy that loves craft beer, it's a little stretch of railway between Leeds and Manchester where every little station has a pub within 30 seconds of it. So you'll probably see a lot of Leicester fans taking advantage of that, shall we say, over the weekend. So I expect us to be loud. I'll expect us to be, it'll be a fun atmosphere in that away end. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm so excited for it, mate. I think it, it, the, everything, as we've said on the podcast, is, is we're heading in the right direction. And I think that's all I can ask for as a Leicester City fan at this moment in time. The club has taken on board, as you guys have said. I mean, we haven't even spoke about the kits. I think all three I was gonna are absolute it. fire yeah. this year. 
I'm getting all three. The training wear. I'm even on board with some of the Adidas Same. templates this year. Like they're doing all the right things. The the on the pitch, it's looking right. I think the next three weeks are exciting. We'll see some players out, some players in. So, yeah, the, just when you think you've done enough to get away from this club, they'll do everything <laughs> to lure you back in. And now I'm yeah, I'm fully vested, mate, and I can't wait. Yeah, and and you know what? Also, the more things change, the more things stay the same. We played in the cup today, and Kalechi Ianacho scores his <laughs> standard goal, makes a beautiful assist on a great finish from from Indidi. So, senior man, the cup god, at it again. And look and look at us all smiling, two games in, loving life in the championship. <laughs> yeah, back heel beauty from. Nacho, somehow we didn't talk about that. Like I said, guys, life is crazy. There's a fucking hole in my ceiling. I'm sorry, but we're already at an hour and a half. Uh, the kits, uh, just 20, 30 second summary here. Fucking beautiful. The blue one, um, it, it's very reminiscent of the Fox Leisure Days, guys, with a it, like embedded print of a fox head inside of the actual jersey. It's beautiful. Uh, the throwback to like the Loro slash kit on the away. Um, it's absolutely gorgeous. And then the third kit, I heard a lot of people bitching. Is it orange it's or peach, kit. Matt? It's peach. It peach. is 100% peach. And it, once you get it in person and there's that one blue stripe that is around the neck, it's it's beautiful. So, so and yeah, guys, get all three. If you, to, if you guys, let, maybe let's you want to rank them. Oh shit! Um, I'm gonna go the Loros kit first, then I'll go the away kit, then I'll go the third kit, uh, or the home kit. I'll go home. I'll go home kit first because it feels like we've not had a decent home kit for a long time, and considering the trash that was last season with the collar that never that was everywhere, like it feels like this year. Yeah. And to your point, Matt, that. The, the embedding is that 96 Walker's style kit. Yeah. I'll go yep. home first, Peach second. I'll say Laura, the third, does he awake it third? Only because it's a carbon copy. I know, I know it's the history, the original Leicester Foss. It was the original colors of the club. But um, yeah, I, I'm not, I, I prefer the Laura sponsor to KP on that one. So I'll probably go that third. Fair enough. Yeah. I, um, I guess I think a lot of people who know me would, would think that I would have put the, the black shirt with the blue sash first because I've been crying out for us to bring that back and make that a standard part of the rotation for anyone who is a newer friend and might not know. Before Leicester City, we're Leicester City. We're called Leicester Foss. And that was the first strip ever won. It was a black shirt with it with that light blue sash. And um, I've loved every single shirt that we've ever had that, well, well, a couple of shirts that we had with with, with right. that design, but uh, and the home shirt, I like it a lot. It does feel like a good classic shirt. The only thing that's doing it for me on the home shirt is just I'm a crew neck guy. It's like a little bit of a V neck, but it doesn't have a collar, so I'm good with that. So I'm actually going to go peach home. Ah, okay. And the sash. Um, not saying that any of them are bad. I'm just saying. Can we all agree, though? I like it. I think it's pretty cool. Can we all agree, though, that that training top is fucking fire? The blue and that, yellow one. 
Yes, dude, the zigzag that is nasty. That one is cool. And I think we got Jamie some... Vardy was. I know it's a template, but it has Vardy was in the room when that one was being made a little bit. And like, yeah, I and I know we've only seen one of the keeper kits thus far this year, but there's some really good shit coming down the line. So it's going to be a good year for the uh, pro shop at the old uh, KP for sure. I might be making an order, but you know, we've I've got a Fox's um, a Fox's Hub uh, subscription to purchase. But yeah, no kidding, guys. Um, let's dive into that next time on how. Yeah, you and, and if you're in New York, you're coming to watch a game with us, and it's a game on Fox's Hub. Just yeah, whatever. Just buy me buy me a beer that day, and your contribution towards yeah. that, towards towards the subscription. I think that's where we're gonna be in San Diego as well. Um, guys, on that note, we got to wrap this thing up for an hour and a half. Uh, we told you it was going to be long because we had a lot to cover. Uh, once again, thank you for the patience and uh, waiting for the show. So many of you reached out to us. It's been amazing. Um, this family that we have here in the U.S. Foxes, it's it's the best. Keep your ears peeled, guys, for maybe an announcement will be coming soon about a, another little U.S. Foxes reunion happening. Uh, now that we don't have anything to coincide with the Premier League Morning Live event, I think we're going to be doing a little independent get-together um, on one of the coasts. Still some stuff up in the air, but just keep your ears peeled. We'll keep you guys uh, informed on when we will be getting together. At some point this season, it's going to happen. So, um, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, with that being said, we miss you, Jimmy. Can't wait to see you next week. We'll uh, hopefully be back after... Uh, another victory under Enzo's army uh, for Jason and Chris. Thank you guys for joining us as always on the U S Foxes podcast, hit us up on Twitter or uh, X, whatever the fuck it's called now. Uh, that's the best way to get in touch with us. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a good year guys. So excited for everything that's coming. We're off to a good start and yeah, let's uh, keep it rolling on Saturday. Um, so yeah. What's up? See you too, Grazie a tutti. Uh, and maybe some pizza parties are in the guy's future. So, yeah, for Jason and Chris and Jim, who's not with us, thank you for joining us on the U.S. Foxes podcast. And we will talk to you next week, gang. Peace.